Hawkfanatic.com brought to you by Dr. Lance Forbes, a dentist to the stars. <laughs> At least one of them. Maybe. Not really a star. Uh, Diamond Dental in Cedar Rapids. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas. Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Also, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Big Dog Satellite, Internet and Solar. Don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog, a premier dish authorized retailer, 338 6600. Supos Flowers, the home of 1 800 800 Rose. GT Car, his great crew at Supo Siding and Remodeling. And they do good work. I passed by a house that they had done, and there's a little boy, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, Mike's Lock, speaking of gorgeous, hi, Mike. Uh, Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. And Deary Brothers, Ford Lincoln. Uh, there's a best of the press citizen uh, going on, and uh, Patrick's uh, reminding people to vote for them. Yeah. So vote for them. I would. Yeah, I did. Uh, from hawkfanatic.com, here's Pat Hardy. Morning, Pat. Good morning. How's things? Things are... Like they always progressing, yeah, yeah, I guess, <laughs> kind of. Um, we got, um, I, I believe Vicky Nauman's calling in at nine fifteen. You saw that the regents, not nothing happened Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I mean, as actually they basically just said we're not budging. So it'll be interesting to see her reaction. I get the feeling she didn't like. I, I, I don't. Did you see the video of Harold and Varda? No. Um, have you seen it, Captain? Yeah. Some have accused yeah. him of being sort of flippant, and I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I yes, um, yeah. I don't think. Well, I mean, it's a done. It's a done deal. It's a done deal, and I think they're mad because they still. Well, Iowa feels it has explained financially why they're doing it, whereas the people who are impacted by this feel they haven't been transparent enough. So it'll be interesting to see what Vicky says. She's going to call in, I believe, at night. She said yet yeah, seven fifteen her time. She said she'd have plenty of coffee, and then. Margaret McCaffrey's going to call in at 10. We got her for a half an hour, and uh, we can talk about a lot of things. And, of course, Captain, I know you're going to want to talk. I mean, one thing, we um, we got to um, ask them how they can donate to, to the cancer research because their events have been canceled right. because of COVID. Yeah. So we can let her talk about that and a lot of different things we can talk mm -hmm. about. So busy show today. That's good. And of course, and I know you guys are crushed and probably impacted and probably have been playing his music all more 40 year anniversary of John Bonham's death. Where are you guys at? Are you up to Houses of the Holy yet with what you're playing this morning? Yeah. You made it through one through four. Now you're with Houses of the Holy. <laughs> Actually, that Springsteen song you played was great. Loved that yeah. song. Not sure what that has to do with John Bonham's no, death. Nothing but whatsoever. He's alive and Bonham's dead. So yeah. 40 years. He wins. 40 years. <laughs> but. Is Springsteen considered the greatest at anything? Uh, performer if, if for some people. Not, for some people, yes. But not yeah. widely as Bonham is considered the greatest drummer of all time. Can we at least agree with that? No, no, <laughs> no. He's uh, one of the greatest performers if you ever seen him in concert. But he's, he's not somebody who right away you. I mean, when you the greatest of all time, I just don't think I Bruce don't Springsteen. Think of Bonham. I never think. Oh, of drumming. You. I mean, unless you're just completely idiotic, you well, have I, to think I, of drumming. I, I don't. Well, the musicians I played with always said Neil Peart. 
Well, Rolling Stone in their 100-year anniversary said John Bonham and about everything I've ever read has John yeah. Bonham followed by Neil Peart. But I never think of these guys because they've been dead. Well, that's, you know, dead is one thing. I mean... Dead ain't good. <laughs> dead. But yeah, in four, all fairness. 40 years today. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. I remember where I was. I was in the parking lot at Downing. I was a freshman in high school in the parking lot wow. at Downing High School because we were going to go to their... They were coming to have a concert here in the United States. They were going to do a tour. And... Boom, dead. Never thought yeah. at the time that the band would be over, but that was it. In Through the Outdoor, then they put out that Coda album, which did nothing for me, and then that was it. Well, then it would have been right about then that we started rehearsals for Landslide. Within that time or a couple of months. Yeah, That's I mean, right when I, Neil Parrott is the one who people will throw at me when they want to make a futile attempt to say that Bonham's not the best. And some, I think my four would be Neil Parrott, I mean, Bonham, Neil Parrott, Keith Moon, and um, Stuart Copeland from Police. I love Stuart Copeland. I think he's underrated as a drummer. I really do. Well, maybe Vicky And you it. don't count Buddy Rich because he no, wasn't a rock well, I drummer. I haven't heard him enough. Yeah. yeah. I, no, and he's not a rock drummer. And, I, I, and maybe part of the reason I don't get Neil Peart over Bonham is because I'm just not a Rush fan. I just, that Tom Sawyer just made my... Tom I, Sawyer. God, I just, every time it was on. Although his mind is not for rent. I just... Don't put him down as arrogant. I never was a big Getty Lee fan. Well, to yeah. be honest, but but yeah, forty yeah, years. Of what he's saying with Bob and Doug. <laughs> oh, the what was that? Take, Take yeah, the <laughs> McKenzie brothers. Yep. I forgot about them. That's Rick Moranis, right? Yeah, he's still yeah. alive, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, he's in some commercial. His best work was in Streets of Fire. Remember that? <laughs> with, no, I don't. With Michael Perret. I thought you guys were huge Michael Perret fans, or is that you, Captain? No, I've never even heard of him. He was um, Eddie in the Cruisers. Ah, uh, no. Uh, um, what else was he in? Um, I I don't remember. Eddie in the Cruisers and Streets of Fire. That's Moranis all. Moranis was great in. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Strange Brew. Oh, you ever see that? I don't think I ever did see that. <laughs> so that was so. Yeah, Shane and I used to watch that. That it does though. I mean, it made me feel old today. I'm like, God, he's been dead for 40 years, and I was in high school when he died. God, that's. Hard to believe. I mean, where were you? How, where were you in 1980? You were just starting landslide. Uh-huh. We had done uh, some recording and uh, just putting the band together. Because yep. yeah, I read I read up on the Rolling Stone when they did their when they ranked their drummers. I'm not sure if they had Neil Peart. Did they have him second? I'm not sure if they did. They may have had him third or fourth. I could be wrong. I know they had Bonham first, and I'm not saying Rolling Stone is the say all, but it you know well, it's but it's a, certainly a it's good choice. But if somebody does remember and want to call in, and I guess I could look it up too. I can't remember who they had second on it, but I've always thought Stuart Copeland from the Police is underrated. I just I think he helped their sound so much with his drumming. Like Spirits in a Material World and um, Message in a Bottle. I mean, those, I love those They're songs. They're good songs. Good songs. I like The Police. I, I went, do, too. I, I mean, they didn't. Wish I would have seen them in concert. I Never did. They were, we put them on in concert at Augustana's at Centennial Hall in Rock Island before they really hit it big. Um, see, that would have been even cooler. They were great. Yeah, I would love to. That was one of my biggest regrets. I had chances to see them. It's not like they weren't available, and I just didn't do it. Forty years ago, I was... Uh, I just took a job at KJJY in Des Moines. So. And you, did you play tribute music the day Don, Bonham died? Do you remember that? No, we were country station. Oh. Well, when did you start at KFMH? 73. 
I'm sure radio station. So you worked at KFMH and another radio station at the same time? Well, I did in the in the end. Uh, I uh, left KFMH briefly. Uh, I guess when I didn't it was, know that. When it was sold and uh, took a job at KJJY, and then the guy that bought KFMH KJJ. wanted me. And KJJY, where's that? In Des Moines. That's what I thought. I've heard that. Yeah. So Bonham died before Lennon, right? Lennon died in December of eighty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. December eighth. Okay. What was a, it? Ninth. December ninth. Yeah. What a yeah. What a bad stretch that was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would have, for some reason I thought Lennon died before Bonham, but no, Bonham died before Lennon, and one was self-induced, and the other was because of a nutbag. You know. No, we almost signed a, a deal to get a house in Des Moines, and then the, Beaverdale. Uh, Clive. Oh, Clive. Okay. That's and then uh, the guy just west of Des Moines, mm-hmm. Clive Windsor Heights. Clive is very I worked, white. I worked three stations at the same time. <laughs> wow, Clive is very what? White. What do you mean, like white people? Caucasian. White, white. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so is West Des Moines and Windsor uh-huh. Heights and Irvingdale and Milwaukee. No, there's been some change though. I mean, there's there's been, you know, they're they're taking over the suburbs. Hello. I just looked up Rolling Stones' top 100 drummers. Uh-huh. Uh, number five says Hale Blaine. Hale Blaine? Uh, okay. From? Mac, Mac, uh, Hale Blaine, yeah. I, I'm not going to read the whole article, but uh, number four, Neil Parrott. Okay, that's what I thought. Number, number three, Ginger Baker. Sure, with Cream. Uh-huh. Okay, I see it. I'd pick Neil Parrott over Ginger Baker. Number two, Keith Moon. Yeah. Of the Who? Yeah. And then uh, number one, John Bohan. Okay. John Bonham, yeah. Okay. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for updating. Sorry. Yeah, and um, that's what I thought. Now I'm with you. T- I would prank Neil Parrott above Ginger Baker, wouldn't you? Probably, although I liked Cream. I do too. Um, I liked Cream better than I liked uh, Rush. Oh, Rush, me too. By but, far. but Rush to me, when you listen to Rush, the drumming right away stands out. I mean, it's just along with that. Oh I'm, yeah, for sure. Along with that obnoxious voice from. And Getty Lee, I was thought, would fly away on a, from his concerts like on a broom. Didn't he sort of look like a witch? Okay, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> Charlie Watts. What about him? Well, Charlie Watts. Okay. Was, We're not going to tie up the line. It the, depends what you this. want from a drummer, okay? Yeah. As a, He's fine. As a singer, I would want... Charlie Watts over any of those guys. Because he blends in really well. Because he's chopping wood. And, and he lays down the foundation and he lets the and rest Bonham of it could take have been, place around him. And Bonham could have been drunk. Hello. And he could have been fighting people on stage with Peter Grant. Hello. Animal. Who's Animal? Don't know. I don't care. Uh, leave the light open. Isn't now. that a drummer for uh, the Muppets or something? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's not. Okay. In the now, top what about five. Keith? You think Keith Moon's overrated? I don't know. It's. it's I mean, it's pre- so pretty good. Uh, it's it's hard to to compare, you know, because usually. If you like a band, you're probably gonna, gonna like, like the drummer. Probably gonna like the the people. In. That's what's kind of unusual with me and Neil Parrott. I like Neil Parrott's drumming, but I was just never a huge Rush yeah. fan. Yeah. Well. Whereas I love Cream. That. I mean, I love Cream, I did but too. I thought there was just songs with Cream where the drumming didn't. With Led Zeppelin, almost every song you knew John Bonham was there and he was violent and he was beating the hell out of his drums. 
And plus, John Bonham, the other thing I read about is he took bass drumming, whatever that means. What does that mean? That's the kick drum. Is that drum. with your foot? That's the kick drum. You know, he took... some hawk. I don't know. Because one of your feet's got top. the bass drum and the other foot has the hi hat. He, he is credited with taking that to another level, I, is what I've read. Like mm-hmm. When he burst on the scene. That would make sense. And see, I, I wouldn't know. So we'll see. And some, and some drummers have double heard kick of drums. Chad Sexton. No. Chad Sexton. No. Never I've heard not. of him. What is he? I don't know. He's, I, I guess a drummer. No. Who's he play for? I have no idea. I never Starland heard of Vocal Band. <laughs> no, no. But there's people that you guys bring up that I've never heard of, and then you, well, they've won nine Emmys, or, so, or they've won nine Tonys, or they've won nine. What are the What are the rock singers win? Uh, Grammys. Grammys. They you know, and I haven't heard of them, so I'm not the person to ask. I didn't know who Cardi. Who is it? Car- Cardi, B? Cardi B. I didn't know who that was until like last week. You yeah, she is awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like her music? No. And well, and she's a hip hop artist, and she's in songs where I, I'm grooving on the song, I'm enjoying the song, and then she comes in and just destroys it. She like Roger Waters in a way. Uh, well, she's not yelling about Trump. But no, but she's distracting. From God, wouldn't that to, be to me? I'm, she's hugely popular. So does Roger Waters just yell about Trump? Doesn't he yell about other stuff too? Like, no, no, just Trump. Just Trump. Okay, I thought he yelled about stuff going on in England. He doesn't like anything that's going on anywhere. Oh, he the what he's been doing here is just yelling about Trump. Jesus. I've read a number of articles of people just panning the whole damn thing, the whole performance that he's done. Yeah, because they didn't come, and, and I mean, I, these are freaking liberals. I'd want that my are, money back. You know, that are writing for like Rolling Stone. I'd want and, my money back and other magazines, and they're liberals, and they, they, yeah, they said this is it's a nobody came to hear him yell, and he's yelling. He's not just uh, lecturing; he's yelling, lecturing. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, no, that would that would get old, especially if, like you said. Spent three hundred and sixty dollars or what have you. So, mm-hmm. so okay. Now Vicky's supposed to be calling in. I said right around nine fifteen. So I'll I'll reach out if, she, if we haven't heard from her in a couple of minutes. I'll send her a email to see what's up because she actually reached out to me last night. Because I mean I feel for them. I, I mm-hmm. mean they're upset. They and things aren't going their way. And it's still Ohio State announced the elimination of twenty six jobs in its athletic department, but they're not cutting any sports. He's the drummer for three eleven. Chad well, Sexton. What is 311? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm still getting, I still haven't figured out Blink, I'm still trying to figure out Blink 182, let they, alone 311. They suck. Who, Blink 182? Yeah. I'm not really trying to figure them out. song. But what was their hit? All the. All the. Two things. Yeah. Life sucks. I know. Yeah. That song? He's a trumpeter. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's all the way Trump. Who is? The uh, uh, Blink, Blink 182, 182, 183, yeah. whatever it takes. Uh, whatever. This could be her right now. Hello. Hello. This... Is, is, is this, this Vicky? Yes. Oh, we lost you there for a second. Hey, it's Pat. You got Tom and Captain Steve. Long time no talk. And I wish you were talking under better circumstances. I know we exchanged a couple emails last night just your reaction to the wednesday meeting with the regents and were you on that were you part of that just kind of explain how that unfolded well no we we got a big rejection uh, we had asked twice 
to be on the agenda, and we were we were denied. So, so didn't we didn't get a chance to participate? But I did watch it. I uh, I live streamed it, and uh, and then I've I've rewatched it a couple a couple of times, and um, and it it was um, it, you know there were there were a number of things in it that that I found really. Um, one was that both the president and um, athletic director made comments that there are no other options. Uh, this is the only this is the only path forward. And you know, I've learned I've learned in life I've learned in life that um, there's always options. There's always shades of gray. There's always if there's a if there's a will, there's a way. Um, and um, and so we felt like that was. We felt like that was really not representing the issue fairly to the Board of Regents to to present that there are no other options, um, and um, and and then there was also a um, there was also just a a uh, you know it was clear there were three different board members who had brought up the University of of Iowa swimming and that they've received a lot of letters from athletes who were very upset about um very upset about all of this and and i felt like that was also it was great to see that the board of regents was trying to do their job <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they were trying to have a, a bit of oversight on on this issue by at least asking the questions um but it you know the answers were lacking of any kind of uh any kind of deep um, there actually wasn't anything about the budget or why these why these particular sports were cut. It was just because we we said so, mm-hmm. and um, and that's the polar opposite of, of the transparency that we that we were hoping for and that we were asking for and that we feel like the current student athletes and, and the alumni deserve. Now, one thing Gary said when they were asking him about. The, I mean, you guys raised $1.65 million just from just in these last few weeks. He said it would take 30 to 40 times that much. It looks obvious to me that basically Gary's saying the only way those sports would come back is if those sports could figure out a way to make up for the deficit that we're losing because of COVID. Is that, does it right. seem that, that's what it seems that obvious to me. Am I, is that how you see it? Well, yeah, yeah. It, that was very strange because I think if you, if you look at this, from very traditional lenses, and you say, "Wow, the only these programs is to have a massive endowment that we're going to, you know, do in the same way that a university does, and you're going to raise, you're going to raise fifty million dollars, and you're going to endow these programs for a lifetime." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then you you would need probably, you know, ten to ten to twenty times that amount, but. Nobody raises an endowment in less than a month. You know that mm-hmm. that just isn't done. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that by saying you need to raise thirty to forty times that amount is basically setting you know setting up a completely unachievable goal. Um, of course, we're not going to be able to to raise thirty million dollars in the middle of a pandemic, in you know, in the time of urgency. Um, we've had less than one month 
of of mobilizing a group of alumni who already have full time jobs, mm-hmm. in, you know, working on this evening and weekends, and um, and it's it's just not it's just not true. It's just not true. Um, these programs are small budget programs. The amount that we've raised is really meaningful. The money keeps coming in. We're getting a lot of pledges from people who are supporting tennis now. Um, and, um, and it, it, it's, it, you know, I think over time, if we had the right amount of time and uh, focus to be able to put together a proper capital campaign, maybe we could come up with 30, 30 or 40 times that. But, um, but to hold us hostage and to say we can't even have a conversation with you until you raise $30 million is absurd. Now, Vicki, you said something the last time that we talked to you that that sounded absolutely right and fascinating. And, and what you said was that uh, they need to come up with a different model to support these uh, smaller sports rather than counting on football. What would some a different model look like? Well, yeah, we've we've really been spending a lot of time on this, and there's actually um, there's actually a handful of coaches around the country who have contacted us, coaches and alumni who have contacted us now. Um, represent other kinds of Olympic sports or non you know non uh, non football sports that that are at risk. So we're you know we're. This is this is where you 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 have to kind of take a step back and and break things down and say well you know I think it's the University of Texas um, they what they did is they pulled all of their Olympic sports out of department and out of the um, out out from football entirely and they have a division I think it's called performing sports. Um, and that's a combination of it. So it sits within a completely different group within the yeah. university. Mm-hmm. It has private support as well as some minimum level of, of, um, of, of uh, university support. Um, and we also think that, well, what about, you know, the committee? And what about, you know, they have a motivation. Who has a motivation to keep these sports alive? And those are the, those are the, those are the organizations that we want to align ourselves with, but we think at minimum, getting this out from underneath the the decision making of um, of you know of it, of, a, of a model that is you know driven by football. Everything's about football. Boys, that is just never going. That's just never going to be successful mm-hmm. because these sports deserve a bit of their own time and attention. You know, um, Isla, Gary, and Bruce Harold seen, I mean, Tom, you, I thought they tried to make it, hey, this is over, this is done. You don't sound like this is over, this is done. What is next for you guys? What do you feel like you can still do at this stage? Well, we're, we are continuing. I, I know. I know exactly what was presented. It was presented to the, the board very much as a fait accompli. And um, and we don't see. We know that they want us to go. We know that they want us to go away. Um, but we're <laughs> that that was that was pretty obvious. And um, and we're not we're not going away. We're not we're just not going away. We have two 
we have too many people across um, who want to support us and mm-hmm. who want to support this and who are absolutely outraged. I mean, I even had one alumni who was saying he was so upset about this. He graduated 50, 60 years ago from the university. He said he was so upset he was thinking of sending his his letter winner jacket and his eye ring and everything else in a box and returning it to um, returning wow. it to the athletic director. Wow. Vicky, Vicky, can I give you a number to call? This line is this line sucks. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. We're having a lot of interference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is three one nine and three five four one two four two. Okay. Could you call that? Call that line and yeah, and then we'll pick this up because yeah. yeah, I still got a couple questions I want to ask you. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right Great. Thanks. thanks so much. I have complained about it. I it know. only hap- I don't know why it happens. Uh, it doesn't happen regularly. No, it doesn't. So I mean, I don't know what it I mean, is. Fake well, the same thing can call I mean, in, it's, and there's it's, no interference. Same thing but, happened yeah. when Maurice Goodson called in uh-huh. from Florida. Yeah. Could it be distance from uh, California? I don't, Would it be? No, it's it's something to do with. It's something to do with it's on CenturyLink's problem. It's not. It's not here. I've okay. had everything checked out. Hello. Hello. There you go. Yeah. Sounds better from already. Now on, better? From now on, Pat, have people call this number. Call this number and send that to, to Margaret. Send, okay. Send the number to Margaret. Uh, thank you, Vicky. So you Thanks. want me right now to tell Mar- to have Matt have Margaret call this number today because Margaret's going to be yes. Okay, I will do that. So now, now Vicky is. Do you think? On any level that uh, Gary Barda and and President Harold would be remotely receptive to a a novel new idea to keep these sports going. Well, they um, respond them that that said that they were open to a meeting. Um, they did put this. They did position this as you know we want you to raise all the money. First, and then we'll have a meeting. And we, you know, we we feel like, well, you know, we're we're certainly not going to wait until we've raised thirty million dollars. But we have raised a substantial amount of money, and the fact that they the fact that they brought this up in the board of regents meeting, the fact that they said that they would be open to a meeting and discussion discussion about this if we continue to raise money, and so. We we're going to take that as uh, the you know the door is cracked open just a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know and you you have a group of, of very tenacious athletes who um, who who have a goal. You know we you know we um, we see that we see that there's um, that there's a, a tremendous community that wants to see these sports stay alive. Um, you know, one of the other things that that I have to say was was brought up in the Board of Regents meeting was was that you know there there was a there was a fundraising campaign for the swimming facility, and that the swimming community only raised four hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand, and the athletic to chip in a, a substantial amount. Um, I certainly know when I. When I arrived in 2017 at the pool, and I saw all of the there were some um, bricks in the in the pool that had donors and alumni name name on it, mm-hmm. and I I saw that, and I thought, well, no one ever asked me, no one ever asked me, 
why didn't anyone ask me to? Mm-hmm. I've, I've never been asked to donate money. I, my initial years right out of college, they were still raising money for swimming, and I did donate. And then it all switched to a general fund, and everything that I received was was always about football. And it's really counterintuitive because I'm, I'm sure in their minds they think, well, everybody cares about football, so let's just pitch football to everyone. But in my mind, as someone who's making a donation and getting involved, is, well, football doesn't need my money. Why would I give money to football? Football isn't where the, the need is. I want to give to my swimming program. And we've heard from so many people from all of these different sports that have have echoed that same sentiment that they've they've not really been been asked properly. Hmm. So we're asking, you know, that we're asking and people are responding. Well, I think this Texas model is really intriguing. I mean, I really yeah. do. I mean, they figured out a way to have both worlds kind of coexist and not really be dependent on each other. Have you looked really closely into how Texas has done is doing this? Yeah, we're we're in the middle of that process right now, and there's a hand, there are a handful of other universities. It's ironic because a lot of the smaller universities um, who don't have money making, they you know they're not cutting programs. In fact, I heard of one or two universities that are programs because they they don't they're not looking at it as you know these need to be self-sustaining or these need to be big money makers they look at them as this is a service and this is a a dimension of the experience on campus Mm -hmm. so they have they have different very very different motivations in it and um and we feel like there's university of texas model there's a handful of other universities that have that have a different structure and most of them involve most of them involve separating out um, the 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 Olympic sports from the usually football and basketball that are the the money making mm-hmm. sports and quite frankly there's different motivations there right mm-hmm. you know like, oh yeah you know if you if you're if you're going to create a little mini NFL or mini NBA and have media rights and all you know all sorts of commercial operations that's you know that's that's a whole that's a whole nother track that you have to be on and um and so we're looking at other universities and we're also looking at you know kind of holistically well we have this we have this amazing asset of the of the swimming pool we have the this mm-hmm. beautiful indoor tennis facility um what else could we be doing with these facilities that would be that would help to make the programs um, sustaining. So we're looking at all of that right now. Well, it's, I mean that's what's so weird. They've got this beautiful swimming facility, diving facility, and they're supposed to host the NCAs. But Barta said the other day that that's up in the air now. They don't know what's going on with that right now. So there's a chance they won't host. Oh, I'll bet they I don't. Know. Yeah, and it's just. I mean, I mean, it's just so. It's just strange. I mean, it's just a strange. And it, was, it, it was also about this in the board of regents meeting and i can't remember now if it was the athletic director or the president but one of them made a comment that well you know we think the rec center would actually be would actually be you know more of a community asset once the swimmers are not taking up so much time in the pool wow (laughs) 
I, well, <laughs> it's I like, don't. oh, those darn, those darn swimmers. What? <laughs> yeah, that, I those did. pesky swimmers. That was not a good look. That no, that was that was not a good. It was, it was really not a good look, and um, and I thought that was. You know, I I know what it's like to to pitch to try to pitch your ideas, but boy, that that's that's not a that's not a good pitch for for the reason to to cancel these programs. And the other thing that struck me throughout this throughout this process is, um, you know, why why has the first reaction to COVID and the pandemic been just to cut sports? You know, this is this is the this is the first this is the first tool that you pull out of your tool your toolkit. I was is, surprised is, by that too, in a way, Vicky. And not to interrupt, but I was surprised at just how fragile Iowa. I mean, a year ago, Iowa was a self-sustaining program, paying all its bills. And yeah, pandemic is something you can't plan for. But boom, nine months later, forty jobs eliminated, four sports cut, everyone on furloughs. There was no reserve. There was nothing in no. reserve for any type of disaster. Do you think that changes moving forward? Well, I feel like that that shows that shows some real lack of financial proper financial management. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I, I think it was the University of, of Wisconsin, or they have they had a hundred million hundred and ninety million dollars in reserves. The University of Iowa athletic department had spent down its reserves to like three million dollars. You know that's insane. That's that's absolutely crazy. And you know there's there's a there's a significant amount of debt. You know I can think of a lot of different things you can do. You can call up any bank and and private equity company and and restructure your debt, right? You restructure your sure. debt and you're going to immediately save millions as at an all time low. And University of Iowa Athletic Department has two hundred nine million dollars in debt. So you can you can do that. You can you can you know give everybody pay cuts instead of giving your football coaches pay increases. You know, give everybody pay cuts. And you know, and primarily, this is a university that is supported by donors. So why why wouldn't you and get the support of people and companies that have always backed you? You know, I question if the athletic department has such a robust fundraising program. Why aren't there people lining up, corporations and individuals lining up to help the athletic department in a time of need? Have they asked? Have they tried? You know, we've we've asked in four days, and we've raised nearly $2 million dollars with a kind of bad news bears scrappy team that we're that we've put together um so why why isn't the athletic department announcing some additional philanthropic support from um from its donors you know that's nowhere no you're right no that's an this yeah that's an interesting question and it's going to be 
I'm curious to see how this goes on. I mean, keep us, keep us. Whenever you need a platform or a stage to talk, or you have anyone else who wants to talk, our lines are open, and they may have a little static at times, but they're open. <laughs> and this story, we want to keep, you know, we want to keep giving you guys a voice. And you know, when there's news to report, you know, you're more than welcome to come on. Tom, do you have any? No, we just really appreciate it. And yeah, by all means, uh, keep uh, keep working this. And uh, I, I love your ideas and. Um... I hope you can make make something good happen for the kids. And we can only get your side, Vicky, because we can't get anyone from the other side to come on. And it's just, it's just. Right. I mean, it just makes it hard. I mean, we'd like to give both sides, but but no. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I think is worth addressing in this. And good luck moving forward. Like I said, we're always our lines are always open. Thank you so much, and we will we will absolutely keep you keep you updated and um and we're not giving up no we just want to have a conversation too so i, I admire your guys's resolve i really do thank you okay thanks so much vicky yeah i mean she brings up a lot of good points i i still think it's going to be futile i think Iowa's made the decision too, but, but she does bring up a lot of good points why was i if i was reserves were that tapped i mean i wrote this already and I'm curious, weren't you a little surprised at how fragile Iowa was? I was a little surprised by how fragile everything yeah. was. Uh, yeah, the economy, everything. Everything. I, mean, I just I'm, never dreamed that a pandemic could just in bring 10 us to days, our knees. In 10 just days. Just bring us to our knees. Big comp. I mean, huge companies, uh, you know, and mom and pops and everything in between. In 10 days, we yeah. were screwed after being told. What a great economy we got going. Mm. And look at the stock market and, and everything. And that number Vicky brought up about Wisconsin supposedly having 100 million in reserves and Iowa having 390. What's that? 190. 190. That's, I mean, how do you explain that? It, that good. W- one is good fiscal management and one is not. Now, I, people will say, well, look at all the fine. Okay, they had to pay 6.5. Between Jane Meyer, Griesbaum, and Chris Doyle, that was about $8 million. That's yeah, still, that doesn't, that come, doesn't no. account, account for everything. No. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help, but... No, it doesn't help, but it doesn't account for everything. I, no, it's interesting. It will be really interesting if these people can come up with a different model and Isla finally says, okay, fine, you guys can do this self-sustaining. We'll, we'll, we'll give you this. I mean, I'm going to kind of read up on what Texas has done. I'm intrigued by that. No, I, I think uh, her ideas are fantastic. Yeah, you can um, just tell from talk. I mean, she's, yeah. you think she's smarter than we are? <laughs> but you combined all three of us and Hunter. I who's feel, ever in this bill? Who's all in? I feel compl- like when I'm talking to her, they're like I'm a Doberman. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like when I'm talking to her, I'm a mud. <laughs> Nothing against mud, but no, you can tell that, and you can tell Vicky's done a lot of negotiating and stuff. Mm-hmm. With, and I think they're just ups. I did watch some of that region thing on Wednesday, and I did kind of think that, you know, Barta said, well, somebody's got to be the villain, and he was making it seem like, well, you're making us the villain when really COVID's the villain. I mean, what do you think of that? Well, when you think of somebody thinking outside the box, that's what, what she does. Yes. And she, I really like how she thinks, and it's, it's interesting to talk And about. it is pretty amazing that they could raise almost $2 million in a week. Yeah. Pledges. Pledges. Yeah, pledges. But it's still, I mean. But still, that's pretty impressive. I understand. I I get it and everything. But this decision came uh, too quickly uh, to be COVID. No, I think what they should have done was sit down with a lot of the alumni and people and said, hey, guys, we're in danger. 
Any yeah. suggestions on how we can save your sports? Because you're going to be gone but if we can't. Don't you think that it did come before COVID, this decision, that they were no. thinking of this beforehand? No, I don't. No. Because I've, I'll, I, I really don't. I really don't. Because Bart has gone out of his way to almost brag up until a year ago about, hey, look what we're doing. 24 broad baseball. Baseball. I don't. I could be wrong, but that's just my gut feeling. I really don't think. I do think that they were just ill-prepared for this thing, overwhelmed by this thing. They panicked and maybe acted too soon. But no, on the other hand, I'm, as much as I re- like and respect Vicky, there is a deficit. There is a debt there that I was dealing with. I just think I'm with her, though. Why was so quickly was it just cut four sports right away? No other Big Ten other than Minnesota right now, right? Are they the only other ones? That I've seen. Right now. Why was Iowa the first one and so quickly? I mean, that's what's kind of curious. And why didn't they speak with people? Well, that's why Steve thinks maybe that yeah, they've why been I looking for they... an excuse to yeah, okay. thin the herd a little Okay, bit. but if they were looking for that excuse, what was the excuse? I mean, what was the reason for that? Because they kept saying, look, we're making money, we're fine. Okay, they've got people that are, that are doing it, but, you know, a lot of the people that have been bitching uh, and bitching on social media, I wonder how many of them actually attended these events and maybe they are looking at attendance and you know we got to cut something mm-hmm. and what, if you're okay it's not being attended and if you're that far along and thinking we got to get rid of sports why would you have built the freaking facilities well and that's those question. things are only eight ten years old i mean that's not the why those you... things were proposed though and put in the planning stages before harold they were and but they're also all the students can use those facilities. I mean, that's one of the things, one of the selling okay, points. Okay, but do you want students using that 40-foot diving board? Who's going to pay for the insurance when someone breaks their neck? Well, you have to lower it. Well, I'm just saying, though, they, <laughs> built, a, they built a pool and a facility for I competition. Know. Yeah, I know. And they spent millions of dollars for yeah. competition. That's what I don't get. That's I what. Know. And I will, I've written stories in the past. I've applauded Iowa for sticking with sports. I mean, Iowa State, you and I in Wisconsin got rid of baseball a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Iowa State can't sit around, look at us, we're, you know. No, they got rid of, they quit on baseball a long time ago. Iowa stayed with baseball. Now they're being rewarded for it. But, no, it's just it's just an unfortunate situation. This virus is just. Those kids that were skateboarding over the new bridge, uh-huh. <laughs> those are the kids that would be on that diving board. <laughs> yeah, without insurance probably, and then they'll yeah. jump and break their neck, and <laughs> yeah. then, then who pays for their insurance say i wouldn't skateboard down those arches for all the money in the world you know what we used to do as a kid we used to get skateboards and we'd get ropes and then somebody went on a bike would pull you and you'd get going really fast and then they'd let you go then they you'd break away for you'd let Uh go of the rope then you go down a hill there were times where i did it and there were a few times where i crashed and, and hurt myself and i remember my dad saying get the hell off those stupid skateboards they were dangerous so now, who thinks it's a good idea? You see these kids now with these, uh, I don't even know what kind of conveyance they are, but they're going really oh, fast down the street. They look fun. And they look like, um, I'm they're, There's a name the for them. They're, they're not making them anymore because they're too dangerous. They not, not that, I'm not talking about oh, the segways. Talking about, the, the, they look like... Uh, the, oh, the self-propelled skateboards? Yes. Yeah, yeah I've seen those. Yes. I figure if you're going to get one of those, why not just get a Segway? You know, you know I, the guy that invented the Segway got killed on the Segway. Well, I know, and that's I why know. they're disconnected. They're dangerous. I see. I go walking up that path that connects you from Court Hill Park up to High V. Uh-huh. There's this kid that comes by. He's always got a mask on, sunglasses, and his head. He's. I'm telling you, he must be going 30 miles per hour. He just flies on, and he's just he cranking music. And I just saw him uh, yesterday coming down Rochester, and he was. I mean, flying. 
he had to have been going 40 miles. Very long. skilled at it. You can tell he's very skilled oh, yeah. at it. But my God, when he comes by me, I'm like, wow. He God, just if he wizard. hits a bad piece of pavement, though, boop. But I think, I, I thought I read or heard that they couldn't, that the company, there was too much risk involved and they, 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 they were deemed too dangerous. The self-propelled skateboards the or ske- the segways? The segway thing. Yeah. And that's why they quit making them. Yeah. Or that's why they were going to well, stop. the guy went off a cliff. Well, Maybe it was suicide. It ain't good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, he had all the money in the world. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't suicide. The people saw him go off the cliff. Wasn't he worth over about four hundred million dollars? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. What's what's the guy from Animal House? Doug Henley. He went off the cliff too, and and he had supposedly had a lot of good going on in his life besides a huge drug addiction. Remember him, the guy who wrote Animal House, and he, I don't know if I get his name right. Um, he was the guy who played Stork. Uh, what the hell are we supposed to do, you moron? The, from Animal House. He's the guy who wrote that movie along with Harold Ramis. Yeah. What was his name, though? He, remember, he fell off the cliff in Hawaii, and they say he committed suicide. Mm. Captain, you know who I'm talking well, no, about. I, uh, I want to say Doug Henley, but I don't think that's no, it. No, I didn't. Uh, Doug Kinley or? I don't know. Hello? I'll have to. Tom, did you say you saw that kid going down the sidewalk on it? No, down, down the street. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking a break. We're going to after this call. Hello. Doug Kinney. You Doug want Kinney. to talk about stupid kids? I saw on 380 heading north yesterday a kid driving a motorcycle, probably 65 miles an hour, standing up without his hands on the. Jesus. Wow. Did he have a helmet on? Driving down the interstate, yeah. God, I mean, just, Holy cow. I'm not sure how much a helmet would even help in, if that case. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about Douglas Clark Francis Kinney. He was an American comedy writer of magazine, novels, radio. He started National Lampoon. Oh, wow. And then he wrote Animal House, but he had a huge cocaine problem, and it basically killed him. Dean Kamen, um, who invented the Segway, uh, worth... Five hundred million. Oh, well, I his, way undersold him. His relatives are now worth that. I assume. Maybe. Yeah. Depends on what his. I can't imagine they they sold that many segways. No, he had some, no, something he else. Had, oh, okay, uh, that makes here, more sense. He uh, uh, founded his own company, Auto Syringe, in nineteen seventy six. Sounds like a band. Uh, several years later, he sold the invention, whatever the hell it is, to Baxter International. Okay. And that turned him in. Auto Syringe. Doesn't that sound like a rock band? Sounds, uh... Something like Seattle. Flannel shirts, ripped up jeans, <laughs> Hello. heroin addiction. She made a good point. Why do we donate to Iowa football? They're pretty well off, aren't they? Well, well we thought. No, I think what she was he, saying is if she wants to donate money, she should be able to donate her money where she wants it to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that. I mean, she wants her money to go to help what she finds important. And I know some people will find this shocking, but not everybody considers football to be priority number one. Now, I will say without football, not a lot happens. But no, right. I mean, that's, that's a good, it's a, it, she brings up a lot of good points. She really does. Good yeah. discussion points. So some of these people up here with the big – Businesses and money when they donate, it's just not going to Iowa football. I, I'm not sure exactly how it works. I mean, I sure think it is the way they act. I mean, I mean, nothing against them. I'm just saying that's their sport and they're proud to donate towards it. You know, but I don't know. It just she made a real good point. Though. Well, no. I mean, you, know, you like you had projects like the you know the North End Zone mm-hmm. thing, and you could give specifically specifically to that, to that. Project. yes. yes. 
She's a smart gal. Yes, she is. Yeah. Winning in the end, she's she's way smarter than they are. <laughs> she knows how to get things done. That's the that's. Well, yeah. If you look, if you look up her track, I mean, she's accomplished she'll, a lot. Have you looked up her net worth? <laughs> Think she'll be in there? Who's he looking up? Vicky's net worth? Yeah. And we're gonna embarrass her. She might be. Hey, thanks. She might. She uh, could be. Well, should we take a break and then we got Margaret yeah. McCaffrey? Hold I sent on a second. Vicky, no, I'm in net worth. I sent Matt Weitzel a text. A gazillion dollars. Wow. No, it doesn't come. Okay. Up. I remember sending. I sent Matt Weitzel a text message yeah. saying for Margaret to call the other number. She's well, gonna call she one of these. Call, it's, I it's mean, okay. we're just taking. See, this is the problem. Everything else is, you know, when they go to test the line, it's perfect. Because even on the other line, Vicky's phone was dropping. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's I yeah. So whatever line she calls, it. But I don't understand. Yeah, and I've called them through, and they they're trying, and they go, well, we can't make it do anything bad. So all right, well, we'll be right back. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. Breezy today under sunny skies will have a high of 82. South winds gust up to 25 miles per hour. Mostly clear tonight, a low of 62. Sunny and breezy once again for Saturday. Highs in the upper 80s. For Sunday, chance of showers, otherwise mostly cloudy, 73. On Monday, mostly sunny with a high of 66. Partly sunny Tuesday, 63. That's the forecast on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now, it's 62. 1630 KCJJ on TuneIn, powered by Apex Laser Tag at the Iowa City Marketplace. 1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy, just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE Remember... Protecting families and fighting for the future our kids deserve. I'm Sheriff Lonnie Polkrabic. After 35 years in law enforcement, I know a good education for our kids is the cornerstone of our communities. In the Iowa House, I'll fight for public schools and every one of our families. I'll stand up to the insurance companies that increase premiums and deny for pre-existing conditions. So all Iowans get the health care they need. I'm Lonnie Polkrabic and I'm running for the Iowa House because I'll put your family first. Paid for by Lonnie Polkrovic for Iowa House. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. 
Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite tv experts for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime find it at our family-owned jewelry store in iowa city Pertine and stocker jewelers we can show you diamond engagement rings colored stones fashion jewelry and watches our jewelers are on site so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life we are Hertine and stocker serving iowa city and the surrounding area for three generations Hertine and stocker jewelers downtown iowa city and Hertine and stocker jewelers.com ask for willa terry tim or kate one of us is always there Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast Saturday, Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. From the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making moments. Morning to you, hawkfanatic.com. Are we officially back? Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at, uh, at Hardy's car. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's you nice. got you got that uh, from uh, Deary, yes, from AJ. AJ, yeah, yep. it's a nice car. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I didn't want to be buying a, another car for three years after buying a previous car, but it's what happens when someone rams into the back of your car. This is true. I I worry more about other drivers, not me, when I'm on the road. I generally get bored with cars fairly yeah. reasonably quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I really like this particular car because it's I'm enjoying it. But well, I like my car more so than I've liked the other cars, simply because it's got all the gadgets that he's bitching about in his car. Yeah, I don't need all these stupid gadgets. <laughs> oh, I love uh, love adjusting the, the seat, the and I mean it's just yeah, crap. you got yeah the seat. I get in the seat, 
Uh, and then you start the thing, and it moves the seat up where you wanted it. And I don't want I mean, that. You just every time I get in now, I have to adjust it because I think Robert Earl Hughes owned this car before I did. <laughs> well, you know, and but it moves you up to where you adjust it. If you know how to adjust it, it's really convenient. Yeah, I'm going to have to get in there and read about how to program my freaking seat, and I just don't that? need that. Give, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't mind cranking the windows up all, and down with the old crank. All you do is press a button on the door. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on that. I'll <laughs> See, get, I would not yeah. have bought this car. If it didn't have the Sync 3 screen, yeah, oh, the oh, touch I agree. screen. Oh. oh, I've got all that, you know, where you're back up and you can see. Your, your, yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got on. I've oh, got the backup that, camera. That, that, yeah, magic. that. Or How like was, if you take a, if you put your right turning signal on, it shows you the right lane. I get, yeah, I got all that. What about the sound system? You good sound system? Uh, i got to figure it out still. It's stuck. I haven't, I haven't been able to go from FM to AM yet. i got to look at it. But yeah, it's it's loud. I mean, you know, and I I it it's you know, I mean it's it's a 2000 what 14 or 15. 14. It's 14. a nice looking car. Yeah, it's got less. So you than have a, the hands-free phone. Yes. Got it's, a heated seat. You're gonna love that in the winter. Yeah, it's got and it's got less than a hundred. It's got about ninety thousand miles on it. It's a Honda Accord. It should as long as no idiot rams into me from behind. It should last me ten years if I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, but this is the first time I've had. I only paid two thirds down cash. I had to finance around four grand, and I don't like financing, and that just kind of pisses me off. I just don't want to be doing that right now. But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, because I didn't want to borrow from my IRA to pay off a car either. You have to have a car. Got to have a car. Now there was one. There was a in Des Moines had a 2007 Accord for a hundred with 140 thousand miles on it, but they wanted like eight or nine grand. I mean, I pass pass. So yeah. So hello. Yeah, well, that was your age. Our cars didn't even have a radio, so quit your belly aching, you damn millennials. <laughs> okay. See, I think he's yelling at you guys. You guys are Mr. Technology. Hey, give me a gadget for everything. Uh, I, I still wouldn't mind the old crank windows oh, and the Jesus. big old crank steering. Jan got a Saturn when the Saturns first came out and had it with crank windows. Didn't want that. And I just, okay, crank, whatever. Crank windows rule. No. No, they no, do that's not. That's ridiculous. Come on. They do not. No. I miss the old 63 Tempest they my dad drool. used to drive. That 63 Tempest, you could have had a picnic in the front seat. There was so much room. <laughs> I had a 62. And if you, if you uh, stopped short, somebody's head was going to be gashed. <laughs> but no, I, uh, there, and the other thing is, which is COVID, there was hardly anything to choose from. Hmm. This was the only Accord that Deary had in my price range. And they said we're not sh- the the COVID is just it's to, it's just turned the market upside down. They're, and they're just like we're not sure when we'll get another one like this. You know you can't rent a car forever, so I had to yeah. had to do it. Hello, hey guys. Speaking of cars, I love the old vent windows. Vent windows. Um, yeah. Yeah, like the kind of little wings you could open up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. Okay, yeah. Okay, I don't know what line uh, uh, Margaret's going to call in. call again, so I'm going to dump you out. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, man. Thank you for calling. It was a good thread. Yeah, while well, it lasted, I have not heard back from Mike Watzel since I told him to have her call the other number. It makes me wonder. Oh wait, maybe. Oh, he's she's going to call three five four one two four two. Okay. That's, he just said okay. He said it'd be right, right around ten o'clock, and that's okay. Where, that's, that's where fine. we are now. So, have we ever had Margaret on? I don't think we have. No, I don't, I think, don't think so. so. I don't think we ever have. This will be a lot to discuss. I want to obviously talk about being a mother during COVID. I mean, you know, Patrick's obviously had health issues. I know their daughter has asthma. I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about that. Also want to talk to them about how this COVID has impacted their ability to raise awareness and money for cancer research. I'm sure. I mean, it's canceled the events that they normally do. And it's just, it's canceled everything. It's made everything. The dance hard. marathon's going to be virtual. I don't. 
know what which they're going to do. Un- I mean, which it's is just, just unfortunate. It's horrendous. all unfortunate. All yeah. these great events and yeah, yeah, they're doing the best they can. Yeah, that's it. Doing the best. Doing the that's best. All you can. can do. That's all, really that is all you can do. And that's what you know. All media outlets are just. I mean, doing the best. I mean, we're still a month away from Hawkeye football. I mean, that's what's amazing. We're well, a little less than a month now. I mean, we're. It was a month yesterday. Would be exactly. Well, what what was the number we had the other day? Twenty one games have been have been canceled or rescheduled at this point so far, for all of NCAA football. For all like Division two to or just. Well, Division I don't one. think the little. Oh wait, no, you're right. They're not playing. Uh uh-uh. So hello. Hi, this is Margaret McCaffrey. I'm calling for Pat. Hey, Margaret, how you doing? Hi, Margaret. This is, this is Pat Hardy. You got Tom Suter and Captain Steve. We really appreciate having you on. We wanted to do this for a long time. And so, Tom, do you want to get us started? Uh, sure. Um, so, do you ever get tired? And I, I know you have a great basketball history, but do you ever get tired of talking basketball with your family? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you didn't even give much thought to that one so um no, no that's an easy one so margaret what's these what's this last six seven months been i mean you're a mother you're a wife of a division one bat what's this been like you have a son who's had health issues you i know you have a daughter who has asthma what has this been like dealing with covid for you on a daily basis as a mother it's um you know it, it's a challenge i mean it's on the one hand having some time together was really nice mm-hmm. um, and time that we never get, actually. Um, on the other hand, having time together is sometimes not as nice. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I, I can tell you in 20, what's it, 23 years of marriage, Fran and I have never spent this much time together. Um, but actually, it's been, it's, we did pretty well, I think. I was kind of proud of ourselves. Um, and um, but yeah, I mean we've been very careful. We um, we we definitely try to keep Marit, our daughter, um, just trying. I mean she's fairly isolated. We're trying to be really careful. My parents are um, both in their late seventies, and so um, we haven't seen. Well, we've been able to see them. The the blessing in all of this is we have a beautiful place up in northern Minnesota mm-hmm. on a lake that I grew up going to as a from the time I was a baby, which is actually where I am right now. And um, so I hope you can hear me okay. But sure. um, oh, yeah. my parents have a place right near us. And so it's nice to be able to be up here and kind of be away from things and then still be able to see them and feel pretty safe. So from that standpoint, it's great. I haven't really missed AAU basketball and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those other things that go with our lives. But we've missed out on travel and and just the general anxiety and fear that dealing with all of this causes. Um, but we definitely are more fortunate than a lot of other people, too. So we are grateful for those blessings. I know Iowa basketball tweeted out a picture of the team, and they're all, most of them were without shirts on. And I'll tell you, Patrick looks like he's put on a lot of, so put on some good weight. He looked like he's in pretty good shape. Can you just kind of talk about how he's doing? Yeah, he um, he's. Boy, he's a trooper, that poor kid. He's gone to more appointments in the hospital and different things, and he's just he's gone through so much. Um, and, it, and it's really been great to see the progress he's made during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were home with us, he and Connor are back at the – Connor lives in a house and Patrick in an apartment, so they're back there now. But while they were home with us, we would – poor kid, we were feeding him as much as we could. <laughs> um, 
as frequently as we could. <laughs> and um, but he's he's been a trooper, and um, we've gotten some good results. We've had great medical help, and and I think he's really in a good place. And I think, um, you know, I think when when basketball ended, the it was you know it was difficult for everybody, and to go from being so busy and focused, even though he didn't play in the games this year, he was working so hard and to have that be kind of taken away from him was, was hard as it was for everybody else. And, um, but he really, he weathered the storm and he is so excited to be back. And, and Fran said he's really gotten into, um, you know, he's in great shape and mm-hmm. his stamina is coming back and it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to make that shift in your body. If you add 20 pounds, I mean, it's, it's hard to play at that. You know, you got to get used to like, wow, I'm not 185 pounds mm-hmm. anymore. I'm 205. And, um, and so it takes a lot more energy to sustain that effort at that weight. But um, I think he's getting used to it now, which is great. Fran was telling me that he had a, a great workout the other day and they had a practice yesterday. I don't know how that went, but um, so I'm, I'm just really happy for him and I'm, I'm really proud of him. And, um, and I really, um, I admire his, perseverance and his courage and just so many things about him and i'm just happy to see and i hope that it really translates this year into him having a great season he's also got a sense of humor he showed that on twitter the other day he tweeted something from that photo because if you saw joe toussaint i don't know tom if you saw this photo joe toussaint looks like a bodybuilder he does and patrick said if you want this type of build you gotta um what do you say you gotta eat monica's mcdonald's pancakes drink nothing but orange (laughs) juice it was hilarious but They've become really good friends, haven't they? I mean, that, I think that's what's one of the neat things about college sports. I mean, just talk about their friendship. Oh, I mean, I just, those two together, first of all, you're right. Patrick is hilarious. He He's is. very quick and witty and just really funny. And uh, you guys would probably love to hear him go back and forth with Fran sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, he's he's wonderful. And I just, those two together he and joe you know as you probably know they're roommates Mm -hmm. and they were roommates last year and then of course chose to live together again and it's it's i mean without sounding too sappy as a mom it's so sweet to watch them they just they really look out for each other and patrick doesn't feel good joe kind of hangs out with them and then when joe was um when Joe had to quarantine and then left to go back home, Fran gave him all a little break after, um, you know, kind of at the end of the summer because he wasn't sure when they'd all get to go home again. So Joe was gone, and I think Patrick took a picture of Joe's bed in their apartment and said, I miss you. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> he, he put that on, like, Twitter or his Snap story or something. I don't know. But, I mean, they're, it's, it's really great. And you're right. It is, it's such a, a benefit of... Of, uh, I mean, college in general, you develop relationships yes. with people that change your life forever. But, you know, that the bond you have with teammates is something that um, is is really special. And, and especially when, I mean, I love the, the diversity of those relationships, too, because you're, you know, you're brought together with people that you share a love of the sport with, but not necessarily the same background. Exactly. And, um it's really it's enriching and educational and it's great and it's just so fun to watch those two and the way they care for you know just make each other laugh and love each other and they do eat a lot of monica's and mcdonald's and all sorts of other stuff and of course with patrick we don't care he can have as many colors as he wants. <laughs> that's funny because we... go ahead 
No, I was going to say, I do think they've tried to rein Joe's McDonald's habit in a little bit, but uh, he's... <laughs> His body looks pretty good to me. So, yeah, I my wife and I saw uh, Joe and Patrick at Monica's a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah, they were knocking back some chow. For I'll tell sure. you what, you could pick a lot worse places to eat than Monica's. Oh my God, yes, yeah, no, we're big fans of oh, Monica's. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, it seems to me Fran said something the last time we talked to that I don't think I've ever heard before that Patrick kind of doesn't like to eat. Is that right? Yeah, it's. It, it's hard for him. Um, it's been sort of a saga. The doctors are all probably pretty sick of me, but, um, it, you know, I think some of it has been his, um, uh, when you have thyroid, when you have no thyroid and you had thyroid cancer, the protocol is to keep, you know, he takes a pill every day to trick his body into thinking that he has a thyroid. Wow. And the protocol is, to keep you hyperthyroid, so your metabolism is really revved up and your body's kind of burning stuff because it, they don't want your body to think that it needs to produce its own thyroid hormone because obviously okay. it's producing mm-hmm. bad cells. They were cancer. So when you're that hyperthyroid and your metabolism is revved up like that, I would say, and I've to other thyroid cancer patients who have agreed with me, there's just not a lot of evidence, but that it does, it affects your appetite and when you feel hungry. And so he just isn't, um, you know, he just, he wouldn't feel that hungry. Or if he, he did get hungry, it would affect the way he, you know, when he ate a lot of food, he would um, not feel good afterward. And have to, so it just, it's been really, really tricky for us to mm-hmm. figure out how to best help him, um, you know, understand his body and then um, kind of what we need to do and when we need to feed him. And we've, I think during this whole shutdown, we've really made some good strides, as you can see in the weights that he's gained, Mm -hmm. um, towards getting him to kind of understand that and then take more pleasure in eating. But obviously, if you eat and then you don't feel good, you don't necessarily want to go eat again, right? Cancer is weird (laughs) because... I mean, you're a two-time survivor, right, Captain? Yeah, and the last time I was on cancer, uh, I thought, well, I could lose some weight. And I didn't know I had cancer, so I was drinking Slim Fast uh, in the morning, uh, doing it Uh for the morning and and lunch. uh, I lost 43 pounds, and I thought... Wow, this is great. This slim fast is a miracle. And then I found out I lost it because I had cancer. Oh God. And when when they got when they got rid of it, I gained about twenty back. So Well, since we're on the subject of cancer too, Margaret, you and Fran, the work you guys do is amazing with the cancer awareness and research and what have you. How has COVID impacted that? And what would you say to the people who want to donate? What what can you do right now? Because I assume you're not able to hold the events that you normally do right now. Yeah, we, we aren't, and it, it's been really hard. Um, and and I'm on the, I mean, we've helped start this adolescent and young adult cancer program at the University of Iowa, and um, Dr. Terry's been doing a phenomenal job. Um, and we've raised each year, I don't know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, between one hundred and twenty dollars and $180,000 for the program through our event, and mm. we can't have that this year, so we're working on ways to try to figure out how to convince people to, um, or ask people to donate, despite the fact that we can't have a party at our house or in Carver or whatever. Um, 
And then I'm also on the board of the American Cancer Society, the national board, and we do a lot with Coaches Versus Cancer program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, I think they're estimating 30,000 more deaths from cancer this year because people are not going to the doctor to get the screenings that they need. They're not getting colonoscopies. Women aren't getting mammograms. And it's not just, um, you know, sometimes there's access to care issues, but it's really just because of the pandemic and things being shut down. The Hope Lodge has been shut down. That's right by Carver. So patients are not able to come. Patients who need to come and stay for their treatments haven't been able to use that facility. So this, I mean, well, it's, it's obvious the pandemic is going to have lasting effects in so many different ways and cancer and any medical treatment necessary is, is really being impacted. And um, in addition to the, you know, the virus itself. So I don't know, it's, it's really, it's scary to me and it's frustrating and um, we're just trying to do what we can to try to help. I mean, the, um, you know, funding for research is, is way more difficult to come by. So it's, I hope that, um, you know, I hope we can make some strides here in the, in the not too distant future, but um, thanks for asking. And, and I will put a plug in if uh, anybody would like to donate to the, it's the uh, McCaffrey family AYA fund. And um, you send, you can send donations to the um, university of Iowa center for advancement. And, um, and it goes towards, a, as I said, a great program that focuses on patients who are diagnosed between the ages of like 13 and 31 ish. And, um, the, the thought is that they, um, I mean, everybody who has cancer has specific needs and faces lots of difficulties, but um, this group in particular has different outcomes um, that aren't very favorable, and they also have lots of different needs, but psychologically, socially, um, with families, and, and just lots of different things. So anyway, it's, it's, um, it's been a trying time for everybody in, in so many ways. Well, Margaret, looking forward a little bit. Of course, I think it's been announced that the basketball season is going to start on November 25th. Um, the expectations for the Hawkeye basketball team are absolutely through the roof for this season. Um, how's Fran handling that? Oh, you know, Fran handles, he handles it fine. Um, he's great. I mean, I don't, you know, I think, Obviously, if you watch him coach a game, you wouldn't really think of him as a pretty emotionally stable, steady kind of... I know exactly what you're saying, though, Margaret. You're right. I agree with you 100% on this. He's, he's, he's not a... He, he's, he really, really is the kind of guy that he's never... He's, he always says, you know, it's never as good as it seems, yep. and it's never as bad as it seems. And he could never have sustained his career for as long as he has. If you, if you go up and down like that with the... the the season and and react you know the way the media reacts to things (laughs) or the fans react to things you won't be able to sustain it so Mm -hmm. he um he actually takes everything in stride i mean i think he's really proud of these guys and the work they're putting in and obviously having two kids on the team makes it even more special but we love all of them and um so i i would say he handles it really well i'm not so good with that (laughs) I, i prefer to have everybody think we stink and, you know, take people by surprise. But um, but I know that the guys don't, they're fine, and they welcome the challenge, and they're excited and looking forward to being able to 
know. That has got to be rewarding, though. It's got to be rewarding having your kids on the on the team. It's just got to it be is, special. It is. It, it's rewarding, and and you know, I mean, I'm so proud of them, and it's incredibly difficult to watch. So. Oh, I would think. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, how about there were a few times where Connor was shooting some free throws last year at the end of games, and they were in the balance, and he said, "You know, Mom, I really thought you loved me, and I know that you believe in me." And then I look over when I step to the line, and your hands are your head is buried in your hands. You're not even watching. <laughs> I said, "Oh, honey, I know. I do love you, and I totally believe in you, but I can't watch." <laughs> so I'm curious. Were you, you were you at the game in Illinois last year? No, I tend not to go to the road game. Okay, because no I would have been like, what's it? I mean, when Connor and what was it, Demonte Williams, when they were mm-hmm. chin to chin, looked like they, what's that like for you? As the as that's your son out there, how how do you handle those moments? No, those moments are fine because I, I you know, I, I trust that Connor was explaining to him, you know, that he needed to maybe back away or do something <laughs> differently than he was doing. In a very gentle way, I'm sure it's Connor. <laughs> I mean, the competitor in me, like that, doesn't bother me at all. I uh, that part is fine. It's it's definitely the the tense when the game is in the balance. Okay. You know, those and and wanting your kid to just you know to succeed and and I think I was really proud of Connor. And well, I'm always proud of Connor, and I think he has weathered things yes so well because he was so, in my opinion, unfairly criticized and. The people who challenged why he would be on the team and whether he was good enough and all that nonsense was just ridiculous to me. Obviously, I'm biased. I am his mother, but I'm also a fairly savvy basketball person. And I can tell you that most everybody would love to have him on their team. Exactly. um, So I thought last year I was so proud of him, you know, in so many moments where he was able to just, you know, show and demonstrate to everybody that he does fit in. And he well, you're sure not hearing any of that criticism anymore, are you? No, I shouldn't be. No, you no and I, I've, I've covered Iowa basketball for almost 30 years now, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the line with us right now, but Connor's the best passer I've seen. It's amazing. Followed by probably Jess Settles, probably the best passer, I'm, his ability to anticipate. And I remember interviewing Connor when he was a freshman at West High, and I remember finishing that interview, and I'm like, God, that was like talking to a 22-year-old kid. I mean, has he always been yeah. that way? Has he always been really mature for his age? Could... Yes, yes, he is. I would say, in general, mature. He's very bright. Yes, he's very analytical, and he, you know, I think he's a phenomenal passer. But part of that is because he sees the game. He's like yes. three steps ahead of anybody else in the game. Way more cerebral than I ever was as a player. More like his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran was a phenomenal passer as well. And, um, and he, you know, he's, he sees it coming. And I can tell you, as a former post player, I would have loved to be Luca Garza and yes. be on the receiving end. Because the way he can, you know, the spin he puts on the ball to yep. get it to just right up into his hands perfectly or whatever. And the way he is able to read, you know, the, when you read the defender and if he's on Luca's height, he throws Luca the ball in a place where Luca knows what move he needs to make exactly. next based on where the defender is. And, um, and I think... And, and he throws it to other people, too, obviously. But, um, yeah, he's, it's, I think he's really fun to watch. Um, and uh, he is a phenomenal passer. And he's, he's great. How about the classroom? I mean, I remember doing a story with you and Connor. I think Connor got one B-plus at West High. Everything else was A's. And just, it's just continued at Iowa. Just talk about it's not easy being a full-time two-sport athlete and then doing what he does academically. It's incredible. Yes. I mean, he is really, I mean, he's, he's, 
special in that way. He just he gets things done. He's a he just added a uh, he was a, he could have finished his finance degree, I think at the end of this semester maybe. Um, and then he was trying to decide should he go on for you know do a master's or what should he do. And he he decided he would. He's uh, getting really interested in, in politics and government and things like yeah, that and the way the world works. And so he's added political science now as a major, which I'm really proud of because that's I was a well at Notre Dame they called it government, but that was my major, and I think it's I think it's great. And especially because when he talked to me about you know financial accounting and operations management, I just want to. Like I don't know, crawl under a rug somewhere <laughs> or <a> bed. <laughs> well, I could easily. It's nothing see. that I would have ever been interested in. That's his father's influence, and um, but uh, but the the uh, the government and the political science stuff is is much more interesting to me. And um, and I you know I mean yeah to do what he's doing, there's not many people no. that that can get that done in in the way he does. I mean he goes to baseball for however many hours, and then he'll stop by basketball and say hi, and then he's taking a test and studying and still has time to come over and hang out with us every once in a while and he's a great big brother and um so it's he's he's a special guy you know we had connor and patrick on a while mm-hmm. back and i remember patrick said something interesting but he said that you actually at a lot of times over the years have helped him with post moves i mean you were a post player and in some ways, Patrick said, and she knows as much or more than my dad about certain things that happened underneath because she lived through it. Talk about that. I mean, just talk about the, kind of the tips that maybe you see in a game that maybe you've, how you've helped uh, Patrick over the years. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I've tried, and I appreciate the fact that they listen. I have definitely, especially in, in high school when he was, um, you know, because of his size, and just the way they were playing him, he would need to go into the post a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I tried to help him understand, like, how you use your body differently when you're in there. And you got to, you know, kind of try to play through some more contact. And and playing with your back to the basket is a whole different thing than obviously being able to see where you're going all the time. And, um, and I, I mean, it's very nice of him to acknowledge that he listens to his mother every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also asked them who would win in a one-on-one right now between you and Fran, and without hesitation, Connor and Patrick both said you. They said it wouldn't even be close. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty nice. I, I think that might be generous. I, I would say I could beat Fran in horse or, tape <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he, he wasn't a great shooter, but uh, he may still have me in the ball handling and, and things like that. That really wasn't my... That wasn't my forte. I was on the receiving end of his passing. So, <laughs> well, you've you've raised two Division One uh, level athletes. Uh, you got a, a kid coming up. Who's what Jackson eighth grade now? Is that right? That's right. <laughs> and he might uh, might be the best of the lot. How have they estimated how big that kid's going to get? And. It, how good is he going to be? I saw him draining threes on some courtside film the other day. He made it look easy. Yeah, he's 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 funny boy. He's well, he's my baby, and I treat him like that. The kids say so. <laughs> he uh, he's pretty sweet. He is he's six five now. We just went to the doctor, and they measured him in his bare feet. Um, and uh, he, um, you know, I don't know. He he definitely had a. I mean, he grew, gosh, I think he grew about eight inches last year. I mean, wow. he just shot up and his, I felt so bad for him and his knees hurt and yeah. his feet hurt all the time. And it was really, it was hard on him. And, um, and he, I think his, 
Spurt, like Patrick Spurt kind of came after he was sick. Mm-hmm. And he was about, he was a little older than Jack. Connor was kind of, I think it'll really depend, you know, how much bigger he'll get. Uh, yes, he's going to get taller than he is right now. Is he going to get five more inches? Probably, I would be surprised. But I don't know, he'll probably be mad at me if he hears me say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, you know, I, I don't know, it'll be interesting. And and what's fun or kind of cool to watch, I guess, when, when I see him play, he's a kind of a combination of Connor and Patrick. I mean, he's 6'5", but he's not a post, you know, he's not going to go down there and bang. He's much more of a finesse player. He's a terrific passer, and he sees the floor really well, um, probably more similarly to Connor. Patrick was always more of a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor was always and is still, a you know, kind of a pass-first point guard. Um, and Jack is sort of a combo. He shoots it really well. He has a nice soft touch, and, and he's got good rotation on the ball. Um, he's not quite as powerful or athletic as Connor was right. But Connor was like that from the time he was two. And, uh, you know, Patrick grew into his body. It took him a little bit longer. So it'll be interesting to see what, as he goes forward. And um, the best thing about it is that he loves it and it's what he wants to do. And and uh, he's got great big brothers as role models and uh, and a great sister, too, as a role model. And um so it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. Personality-wise, is he more Patrick or more Connor, or is he off by himself? He, he's, he's a combination, okay. I would say. <laughs> okay. It's really interesting. Even in his looks, he's kind of a combination of the two of them. But, um, yeah, he's very he's fun. Uh, he's still, well, I tease him when he starts acting like a teenager, and I said, I don't like that. I like my, my little baby Jack, you know, who is my sweet guy that still hugs me and does whatever. But he... He's very. Um, he's a really nice kid. He's very um, thoughtful, and um, and he's funny. So I, I think he is. He's really a combination of them both. How does this? How does his sister take uh, the attention that's heaped on her brothers? <laughs> well, she loves her brothers, and she loves. Um, you know, she she's so proud of them, and she loves going to the games and you know, loves her dad. and um, But I think it's, it's definitely been a, not that she's, like, jealous of the attention in any way, but she, you know, she's finding her way in the world mm-hmm. has been a, diff- it's a different path. And um, and I think it's, it's really important for anybody to understand that, you know, just because you're on a court or a field or whatever and you're getting acknowledgement for that doesn't mean you're worth more than, you know, somebody like Marit who is volunteering at UAY or, you know, working in the Best Buddies program or the, the PALS program at West, or at West High, which is the Peer Assisted Leadership um, Services, I think, or something. Anyway, just she's, she's done a great job of, I think, her passion lies more in being more involved in community and causes and things like that. And, and we're really proud of her. But And she... Um, and she's finding her way, which is really fun to watch. She's in, we're in the process of applying to colleges, and um, it's it's a it's been interesting, and it's kind of frustrating because you can't go visit a whole lot yeah. of places right now. But um, but I'm really proud of her and the way she is forging her own path, and and yet still totally loves her brothers. We did her senior pictures the other night uh, on Sunday, and and all the boys showed up um, to take a picture with her at the very end. Oh, it was cool. really fun oh, to that's watch. Great. That's cool. 
Nothing yeah. beats family. Nothing yeah. beats family. Hey, I wonder from a basketball no. point of view, I know you watch these games closely, whatever. Is there one call that you think officials miss the most? If there was one call that you think is the t- toughest to call or you think that maybe gets missed the most that impacts game, is there one that stands out for you? Uh, yeah, because um, there have been two refs that stand out in my mind who cost us games because they blew the call. What, what were the plays? <laughs> It's the block charge call. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah, it, yeah it, and it's, I, don't get me wrong, it's a really hard call. But um, when Travis Trice flopped and Zach McCabe was about to lay the ball in and they called a charge. I do remember I that. I yep. just almost lost my mind because it cost us the game and it was ridiculous. I do remember that one. And, uh, yeah, that was bad. And there was another call back when we were at Siena. It was the same kind of call. And it was, it was a bad call. Oh, but, so... It is really hard. Somebody just reached out to me. I guess I, is Jack going to go to Liberty or West High? Has that been decided? I assume he's going to Liberty, right? Is that where you live, or how's what's how's that going to turn out? I, I think Jack's going to go to West. High. Oh, he's going to go to West High. I didn't. Okay, okay. So, yep. okay, and um, well, that's hard to argue with West High's success in basketball, and that's where his brothers yeah. went and what have you. So. Tom, did you, Margaret? This has been a lot of fun. I mean, it, we could this talk. This has been great. This has been a lot of fun yeah. to catch up with you. And yeah, thanks, guys. I have one more uh, unfair question for you. It's a question we ask of your <laughs> husband, of your kids, and of everyone that and it's we. It's not interview. sports related. It's not sports related. Okay, so Gary Barta <laughs> picks up the phone and says, "Margaret, I need you to do me a big favor. You need to hire a band." A singer or an act to fill up Kinnick Stadium. Who is Margaret McCaffrey going to hire? Oh, that's so easy. James Taylor. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Fran Bruce, said Bruce Springsteen. Answer. Fran said Bruce Springsteen right away, too. He and, didn't the boys, said Bruce Springsteen. and the boys and, said and Drake. Bruce, and the, yeah, and the boys said Drake. Yeah, of course they did. I could have told you that they would say that, and Fran would say Bruce Springsteen, and Fran would be able to tell you that I would say James Taylor. That's, well, that's, go. Oh, that's, that's a great answer. I love James Taylor. I've seen him half a dozen times and never been disappointed for a second. Yeah, he's he's my probably my all-time favorite. I just we've we've seen him lots and lots, and I love it. Fran actually, I had a significant birthday back in May, and Fran reached out to a mutual friend from Siena who has a connection to him and, and I actually got a personalized birthday note from James Taylor what a neat gift good job friend well Margaret wow. listen this has been a lot of fun we yeah. really appreciate yeah. it enjoy yeah. your time up in Minnesota and can't wait for a fun basketball season this fall and winter thank you thank you thanks for having me and uh, yeah we're looking forward to it and you know feel free if you have any more questions I'm and I hey, have lots of opinions. And, and <laughs> hey, if you need, Margaret, if you need help with spreading awareness with the camp, yeah. just let us know. We'll gladly, whatever we can do to help promote and spread the word, just let us know. Thank you. I will. Once we have a, a more definite plan in place, I will uh, I will get in touch. Okay. Awesome. I appreciate Thanks. that. Thank you, Margaret. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep. God, I could have She's talked great. to her forever. She is I great. I could have talked to her for another. That oh, my God. 35 she's minutes right there. She went like funny. She's, she's got a real she sense. Is, yeah. She does have a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah she really does. She's really and good. She's got, she's got a little self-deprecation. And, but I knew she was going to say the block charge call because I think that yeah. is probably the call that impacts games the most. And she's right. It is hard to call. But I do agree with her on the Zach McCabe one. I do remember that one. I that do, too. Was, I thought that was a bad call. And I'm not just saying that as a homer, but I mean, it works both ways, but 
no, that was fun. And yeah, they, you can tell they have a very tight, close knit family. No, that was that was great. And I, I knew mean, her answer when you asked her how Fran was going to take. This stuff doesn't face Fran at yeah, all. Yeah, This Fran would be the same way right now, or if they were picked to finish ten. He just doesn't. He just lives in the moment, and he just doesn't let outside influences impact what he does it's amazing how level-headed he is it's still going to be amazing how he works out th- how the, the minutes, rotation the minutes, minutes especially in the backcourt the backcourt back yeah the main thing's the backcourt yeah but i don't think he's agonizing over that i think fran it's just business as usual and right when she said that though, i'm like yep that's what i would say just i've always been amazed fran's very much like kirk ferentz in that regard mm-hmm. and the thing is she's right when people see fran out on the court they think you know he's nuts or whatever because he gets he's nothing like that the moment those incidences are over he's moved on he doesn't hold grudges he's moved on and that's just the way he is he's just so move ahead deal with whatever's happening in that moment but then the moment that moment's over you move on and you don't let that linger that's i i've been amazed at that yeah, and I think I that's think one of Kirk Ferentz's biggest those same strengths. qualities, don't you? Yo, without question. You don't dwell on anything. Yeah, you don't, don't, don't. You don't search for distractions. You're just straight <laughs> I ahead. I don't hold a grudge. You don't hold a grudge, and you don't you don't look for distractions either. You're just always looking for a clear <laughs> path. Like a horse with blinders on. Yeah. Just straight yeah, ahead. Just straight let's ahead. go. That's yeah. Kirk. Kirk and Fran are kind of like yeah. that, and Steve too. I mean, Steve's never going to let outside distractions <laughs> bug him. No time for politics. No time for arguing. No time for social media trolls. You're on a mission. Yes. But no, this was a fun show today. Oh, that God. was great. Yeah. It's amazing how fast the show goes when you have two good guests on. Yeah. You know? And I'm glad the phone line worked for Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, she was up in Minnesota. Oh, There's just not... no way to figure. I mean. It doesn't make any sense. No, I'll call, I'm not going to spend my Friday calling them. I'll call them on Monday again. So they're trying to say it's on your end. No, 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 no. They don't know what it is because when they check it, it's fine. I mean. It's fine, ninety-eight percent of the time. Yeah, we've had it happen twice. Maurice yeah. Goodson and and I don't and there's no. I, I, I so don't why know. don't we think it's on the caller's end? It's the same clicking. It's no, it's it's something with on some circuit of CenturyLink. So it's, do you think it's, it's a coincidence though that the two calls were from California and one from Florida? Well, I don't know. I, no, because or Georgia, I, Georgia. I not had Florida, uh, Georgia. I had Mary uh, from Oregon uh, the other day. I had I've had uh, uh, Tracy from Florida, and it, it's been it's fine. Been no trouble. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, when you've got something that only does it rarely, I mean, it's hard to figure out. And it makes me wonder if Vicky was hearing the same things we were hearing. I don't know. I don't know. But no, I'm glad you asked her to switch lines because no. This was a good show today. I enjoyed yep. it, and hopefully some people enjoyed Well, this. boy, I would sure think so. And um, like I said, if we can help them spread the word on what they do with this cancer research and awareness, because it's pretty special. I mean, they put a lot of effort into this. And Margaret's such a natural interview. You oh, know. She, oh, yeah. I mean, Just, she, I'll tell you no, what. No, she, she, she surprised me. She, not, me, not me, but I'm around her more than you. Margaret's yeah. pretty sure of herself. She's got a good sense of humor. I had a feeling she'd be, she'd be great on the radio. Well, she sure she looks sounds like oh, she'd yeah. be great as a sideline reporter. Yeah. I mean, she's just got a lot of charisma and a lot of into- Well, I know well, that's I'm- what I think. Surprise! I mean, I I don't know what I expected, but I I didn't expect her to be so funny and, and, and open. Mm-hmm. And I know, know I'm a little biased, but it's not easy to get into Notre Dame, even if you're an. Ath- I mean, she's obviously got some intelligence. And, mm-hmm. So yeah, no, this is a lot of fun. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and 
We've had every. And she did not disappoint. No, we've had every McCaffrey member now except for Jack and Merritt. Should we work about trying to get them on? And that is neat. Merritt does a lot of neat stuff. And you know, well, she, she's a pretty good athlete. Well, in and she of herself, made the Liberty she? Varsity soft. She was starting in left field as an eighth grader. I think asthma made yeah. it hard for her to compete. But no, she was a good athlete herself too. So all of them are. Yeah. I was surprised Margaret didn't take the stand on the one-on-one. I thought, oh yeah, I'd kill him. No, she was. She um, said she was not ready to go that far yet. I still think she'd beat Fran in one-on-one right now. But who knows? I don't know. I'd love to see it. That'd be a good one for charity, don't you think? I'm not sure if Fran would agree with that. But, but no, this is, I appreciate Matt Weitzel helping to arrange that interview, and it was fun talking to Margaret. It was just a nice pick-me-up. And we'll do it again. Yeah, we definitely will. All right. Well, um, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out, folks.